Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin. I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here with us tonight to talk to you about what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk to the doctor directly. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760. WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. What's the top of the hour news that you want us to know before we get to taking calls? Well, before we start talking about what we're going to talk about, we're going to have a discussion amongst us about how we've been toning down the rhetoric of the show because we've been afraid to be canceled on on uh, YouTube, which we've had some shows. We've had warning letters and cancellations. And I'm pretty sure that we're not saying anything that isn't true, meaning on, you know, the public record or has data behind it and it's accurate. So we've been having this conversation among the three of us or four of us, whoever wants to join in about what we should or should not say on the show, because one day, I may care about social media and we may have things that we need to do that needs to get out there. But for right now, I'm not sure I care. I don't want to be able to affect our listening audience. All I really care about is the WJR listening audience because that's what we're on. That's our media. And they're the ones, WJR, that's allowing us to have these open conversations. Why should we stifle the conversation to make Facebook happy? Who hasn't, frankly, hasn't said anything to us yet. Or YouTube, which has canceled and removed two of our shows, which I cannot believe were that bad. No, they're not bad at all. And we, you know, it's, you know, they always talk about America as a free country. So we need to be completely free. It needs to be totally free. Um, it just does. And so, so that means we can say whatever we want. Anne-Marie. Well, as long well, as we're going to be tr- accurate, we're going to be, we're not going to, we're going to stay true to the data. Okay, well, right now I'm getting flagged by Siobhan and Ashley. Siobhan, you've got callers lined up. Yeah, we have some callers that came in right away. So let's start with Connie and Macomb. Connie, what's your question? Yes, I want to congratulate the doctor for his sticking up for a woman's right to choose. And uh, I know that, you, you know, social media is, we now have the Ministry of Truth. It sounds like something from George Orwell. They want to, you know, suppress free speech. If it doesn't agree with everything they say, it's going to be bad. So it's not the same country anymore. But I have a question, a little bit off the subject. Could you help me? I have a drop bladder, 
and I like to know if I have surgery, which I don't know if I want to, what does it entail? Do you, are you cut open or how does, do you know anything about it, doctor? Well, thanks for calling and I appreciate your uh, support. Um, you know, this is a an issue that you really have to discuss with the surgeon. And it's not that I don't know what you're up against, but depending on the person and your anatomy and what you're looking to achieve, there's so many different options of what you may need that I couldn't, you'd really, it's, it's not fair for me to say. So that's a conversation between you and your urologist or your urogynecologist who's someone who specialized in that area. It's, that's a, that's a specific question based on you and what that doctor's trained to do. So the best thing to do is find a surgeon that you like and go with their recommendation as opposed to shopping a procedure. I don't think shopping procedures is a good idea <clears throat> because you do not know what procedure you need as a layperson. Find a, a qualified doctor and, and follow their lead. Connie, do you have a surgeon that can advise you in the right direction? No, but I, I can find somebody, I guess. I, okay, I let me to... help you. Let, let me help you. Call Dr. Joseph Beals, B-E-A-L-S, in yeah. Birmingham, Michigan. You'll have to look up his number. That's Joseph Beals. He will okay. certainly, he's about to retire, but he will certainly put you in the right hands for the type of surgery that you need to get, and good luck, and thanks for calling. Okay, okay thank we have you. another caller? You know, I'm, before okay, we do this, ahead. I just Connie, want to I jump guess. in that, you know, Connie mentioned that we're about to enter this, you know, there's a committee for misinformation that the government of all people want to install, that the Department of Homeland Security is going to guard the the information about what says, and this is, that's Orwellian and fascist. And so, you know, there's a YouTube video who we're promoting after they cut us out about Rand Paul ripping apart the Department of Homeland Security secretary about how does he know or anyone in the department going to know what, what is real or what isn't. It's a great video. It's, it's in one minute, this guy tears this guy down, and you got to see it, and it just pretty much makes the whole thing seem ridiculous. Right. Well, Dr. Collender, we are the patient advocates, so all we care about is staying on the air and staying live and being able to reach patients out there that need help, and we all know there's well, plenty of them out we're there. We're on the air, and we don't care about YouTube or any other social media stream. But, uh, we're, on, okay. we're on our air. I'm going to argue with you about this over the break because <laughs> we're on the air right now, and I don't want to tie up time. We do have another caller. I don't know if we have enough time, but let's go ahead. Who do we have, Siobhan? Yeah, so, yeah, we can get in. We have Greg and Shelby on the line. Greg, you have less than a minute if you could get it in oh. quickly. Okay, you guys, Mr. Positive. Hey, I love uh, your iconoclast, uh, Dr. Collender. Yes, I believe that a woman should have an abortion. It's between your doctor, her, and your God, number one. Number two, what are the negative consequences of having an abortion to the female body, if there are any? And I'll hang well, up and listen to your response. Loaded question that's going to have to be discussed yeah. on the other side of the break. But right now we've got to take that break. And again, you're listening to a special live broadcast. We are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. 
If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. And we're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, it's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, just before the break, we were talking to Greg and Shelby who had a question. Let's answer his question. Right. So um, I don't think there's any risk to getting an abortion to the woman when it's done by a skilled practitioner in an appropriate surgical suite. Wait, what do you mean by a skilled practitioner? You mean a PA or do you mean an MD? Let's be specific right, well, here. Uh, well, with an OB, an obstetrician, who's gone through a residency program, right? who's you know, board certified and has done this procedure skillfully many times in their surgical suite with all the equipment and the nurses and an anesthesiologist, all the things required to do any surgical to have procedure, any kind of surgical procedure. Safely. Mm-hmm. And in that environment, there's no risk at all. All right. Well, any surgery has its inherent risk that, and, you know, so I don't want to say it's no risk, but every surgery has its inherent risk. So given those inherent risks, any woman should be able to go have that procedure and then move on with their life without <clears throat> worrying whether they can or can't have another child. And Siobhan, you had a question over the break about that. Yeah, I was just curious about the, the risk to future fertility because that, that would be something that I think most women would be worried about. And again, I would defer that question to the specialist that's doing it, but I don't believe that there's a risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do we have any other callers, Siobhan? Uh, we, the caller dropped, so we're actually, we have none right now. All right. So let's come back. Dr. Collender, what's new? What's top of the hour news that you want to talk about tonight? Well, I just want to talk about how, you know, the FDA is mulling approval for the Pfizer vaccine for children under five. What do you mean by mulling the approval? What do you mean by that? They are approving it. They're not approving it. Great question. All my questions are great. They are great. (laughs) The best question that's ever been asked on this (laughs) show. I don't think so, but let's move on. So the standard of care for vaccines is that the vaccine should be at least 50% efficacious. What does that mean? That means that in 50% of the population receiving the vaccine, there should be some established benefit, whatever that may be. And, and, And unfortunately, the definition of what a vaccine is has been altered for COVID. So let's not go into that whole, like, what does it mean to be a vaccine anymore? But since 2020, the definition of, the va- of what a vaccine is has been changed like twice mm-hmm. to downplay what it is that a vaccine should be expected to do. Mm-hmm. 50% also seems quite low, I, I would say, in my opinion, right? I agree. You would, you would hope it's more than that. I agree. And unfortunately, the data supporting giving a vaccine for children under five has not been good. You know, it's not that efficacious. So what does our FDA do? They're going to lower the standard of care. Instead of saying this vaccine just is not available to children under five because it does not meet our requirement, which is what they should do. 
they're going to lower the requirement. So now if it's they're lowering the requirement of FM, I'm laughing. It's hard to even say this with a straight face. They're going to lower it to 40% so that now the vaccine will meet the new requirement to be approved. Is it mandatory? This is probably, again, I don't want to speak out of turn. We'll say, you know, whatever legal term you got to say, uh, possibly to make it mandatory. Well, it but can't is be. it mandatory, though? Is it mandatory that children going into preschool, I mean, they don't start Not school yet here. because it hasn't been approved because it doesn't meet the criteria of, of efficacy. It hasn't met the basic guide goal of being approved. So instead, they're going to lower what that basic approval requirement is to get it FDA approved. And again, why would you do that if it isn't to make it part of the standard childhood vaccine schedule, which means it would be mandated. And, and again, we're talking again about, I'm not saying don't get a vaccine. I'm just saying that Americans should be able to understand what the benefits of the vaccine are and what the risks of the vaccine are. And I Do we know what the risks are in, in young children under five? Or is that data not available? It's, I don't think it's available. Because, um, of course, they're just saying it's, it's, you know, you can't even say it's effective because it's below their standard. So until they lower the standard, then they'll say it's effective. With, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, of course, this will never be said in public media, you know, on mainstream media, because it'll just be, oh, it's safe and effective. The idea that the FDA had to change their you know, lifelong standard of what it means to be a vaccine, effective vaccine has been changed, won't turn anybody's head. So, you know, is a vaccine safe? And we talked about last, you know, a few, a month ago, that the FDA released data that's in the public domain. So this is, again, this should not be construed by social media monitors as misinformation because this is in the public domain that the FDA and Pfizer has recognized deaths from the vaccine and they've recognized chronic disease established by the vaccine. And this is just in the first three months. I have to apologize to the listeners that the next data dump occurred in the beginning of the month. I just have not been able to find someone who's reviewed it. And I certainly don't have time to review the 100,000 pages of documents to look at it. So possibly because it's not available, to, I'll say, online to that someone's reviewed it, it might mean that the data is not that bad. It might mean that it's, that it's okay. And I don't know the answer yet. And hopefully soon we'll be able to report on that second 90-day segment of time from February to may of 2021 but the bottom line here is you're talking about a pfizer vaccine for children under five who may or may not need to have uh, a vaccine and i'm wondering whether or not uh you know what the momentum of this is unless it gets fed into the mandatory process of getting into school where you're forced to get the mmr and the polio vaccines and that whole bag of vaccines if that becomes a problem, that's a major problem. Thank you, Amory. Well, I don't often agree with you, but whatever. We've got other callers, well, and this, I don't so even this know. This is monumental for Amory, who go. Amory's <laughs> standard line is 
shut up and get the vaccine. So for Anne-Marie to go after two years of complaining about vaccines, for her to go, boy, this is a problem. We finally broke through the greatest pro-vax person in the country who's from England. And Move but I'm on. just saying, if it stops oh an education, that's a major problem. That's a major problem. All right. Well, I don't know if we've got time to see how many callers do we have? Like three? We, we've got three callers. Maybe we can get one in. Let's, let's get let's one. Let's go to David. David in Windsor. David, you have less than a minute if you can fit your question in. Yes. What I wanted to find out in regards to digestion and having proper digestive eating habits, when it comes down to digesting food, don't you think that it would be all the proper way to kind of chew it down and break it down into small chunks before actually doing it to help prevent digestive problems later on in life. Well, thanks for the call. You know, there's data supporting that plant-based diet is a pro-longevity diet. So, you know, really talking about, you know, eating and chewing more plant-based foods, which should not require as much work. But of course, you want to chew enough just to not choke. And I think just our natural abilities kind of take care of itself. Like your body has that instinct to chew enough so that you don't have an issue. All right. Well, good questions. But right now, we are going to have to take a quick break. Again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast. And if you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or any of the catastrophic diseases, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And before we come back to the show, reminding listeners to tune in Sunday for Dr. Collender's very informative shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. You won't want to miss it. Siobhan, we've got uh, callers lined up. Yeah, we had some that held over the break, so thank you. Uh, first up, we have Tracy in Northville. Tracy, what's your question? Hi, thank you. Um, Dr. Collender, I completely um, agree with you on a woman's right um, to abortion. I guess I just have a question. How come nobody talks about the man's right to the baby? How come that's always never discussed? What if he wants to keep the baby? Because it took two people to make the baby. Well, that is a tough question. And, you know, that's a conversation between that couple and their doctor. And, um, you know, while the woman is carrying the baby, it's her body and her right. Right. And again, no disrespect to anyone's religious belief. Everyone can believe what they want to believe, but we're not going to impose someone else's belief on another person. And, you know, as Greg mentioned the week before, you know, there are some international guidelines for what represents when is an appropriate time to have an abortion. But I think that right should exist. It needs to be more than six weeks. There's the women out there that have no idea they're pregnant until they're eight or nine weeks Mm -hmm. and they miss that time. So 
there just needs to be some reasonable place. Of course, if you don't believe that should be reasonable, then you're not, you're never going to. Mm-hmm. All right, Siobhan, we have other listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So up next we have Pat and Monroe. Pat, what's your question? Hey, Dr. Callender. I appreciate your show. Uh, I know you have mentioned before about, uh, oral care being critical for prevention of, uh, heart attacks and strokes, uh, or heart attacks. Um, I'm wondering if there's any special extra care for those of us who already have uh, dentures as far as, you know, I I was young, I was mid-20s when I went and had all my teeth pulled and put dentures in. Is there something I should be doing extra besides the common uh, care of the dentures? Well, you still have to make sure that your, you know, gum health is healthy because your bacteria in your mouth is still there. And if the dentures are irritating the gums, then that's an opening for the bacteria to get in your bloodstream. It never hurts to do genetic testing to identify the bacterials of the bacteria load in your mouth of, of the pathogenic variants that you may have. So having that information you know, you wouldn't necessarily water pick per se, but you could do like a gargle and spit of either peroxide or, you know, diluted bleach um, to get rid of them if you had a heavy bacterial load and irritations to your gum. Or find and get in touch with a good periodontist in your area. And also identifying plaque is number one, you know, so... You want to make sure that you have, and I don't mean oral plaque, but I mean vascular plaque. That's our real um, objective marker of vascular health. Okay, Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, up next we have Mark in Royal Oak. Mark, what's your question? Uh, good afternoon. I'm looking for some possible options when I uh, just got done with the CTA exam and they came back with blockage in the, in the LAD area of greater than 70%. What are different treatment options? Well, um, you know, the the question there is, there is no option. You have to do everything. So there's no this or that. You have to do all of it. So you need to, again, I'd still get a CIMT report, which is measuring the layer of your artery which where the inflammation and the plaque buildup is because that's an objective measurement that you can repeat in six months or 12 months to follow your treatment progress. You need lab work that identifies inflammation markers also for progress and find all of the drivers of disease. So medical management is always better than surgery. And you're kind of close on that edge of where a cardiologist is going to go, well, you're 70%, I'm going to stent you. Um, you certainly should not do that if you're not symptomatic. And there's an opportunity for medical management to reduce your disease. But you've got to come in and go through that process uh, because you have no idea what your drivers are. Um, at the very minimum, you should be on a statin. You know, that's the minimum. And then you got to figure, the rest of it has to be figured out. So the question is, Mark, are you having somebody walk you down this path before we uh, depart from your phone call? Do you have a, the, the proper doctors and are you, uh, are you on a program? I mean, you got the test and you, you've been positive and we're hoping that you have some uh, medical doctor that's guiding you to the next step and not just dropping the ball. 
And yes, and that's where it was at right now with, um, okay, we've had the blockage. All right, the next next step for you to end up going is um, we'll do a catheter on it and we'll find out if we can, can they end up removing blockage without doing a stent or is that always when you end up doing a catheter in there and looking at the actual, actual blockage, do they end up, um, can you get out without a stent or do they always put a stent in? Or is it you need to listen to more of the you need you need to listen to more of our shows. Yeah, I mean, because you know this is like this is all we talk about on Sunday, mm-hmm. that pre- medical management, which means not doing a stent, is as good as or better than doing a stent, and that means finding all of the different drivers of disease. You know, what's your oral health? Do you have sleep apnea? Do you have insulin resistance? Do you have a genetic predisposition? How's your gut health? Vitamin supplementation, all of these things and more contribute to plaque development. If you dress them all, you're going to heal your arteries without surgery. And guess what? You're, you have 60,000 miles of artery in your body, and they're talking about stenting a half an inch. This is a systemic disease, not a local thing. And if you're not having symptoms, you can address it, but you you don't know enough right now to answer that question you need to listen to more shows and educate yourself really fast well but the to other, answer a little bit ahead. i mean he, you can reduce the amount of plaque correct or reduce the inflammation i think what he wants to know is there's something that you can do to to lower your oh, risk before getting stunted. oh that's it that's all i just said is is i expect right. we expect to medically manage our plaque and reduce our risk that's the expectation yeah and but, by but if you're just talking to a cardiologist, is stent or no stent? Well, you're 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 not hearing that stuff. There are not many doctors in Metro Detroit doing what we do. And most importantly, I don't believe he mentioned that he got the CIMT, but he ought to get that next. No, right? well, he did a CT arteriogram, which is again a screen for surgery. So he passed. Oh, hey, we found a stent, a a, a, a thing, you know, a a plaque that is basic, barely amenable to stent based on diagnosis criteria. So, of course, they're going to go, well, it's stentix if it's the criteria. doesn't mean you have to do it. So what's his next step? Well, he's got to find someone who's going to take do this process. Mm-hmm. And he obviously is a candidate to get the CIMT. Everybody's a candidate for CIMT. It's a screening tool. Right. It's, it's, a, da- it's a piece of the data you need to follow your progress. It's one of the many things that you need to measure. So it's not, you know, it's, you gotta do, there's no choices. You have to do all of it because you, you don't know what you're going to miss. It's like what we talked about before, you know, we're going to talk about this on Sunday, which is people that have all kinds of drivers of inflammatory disease, but they don't have plaque. Well, we still want to manage those drivers of inflammation because they may cause another disease that we're not as equipped to objectively measure. So that's really what's important is that we got to, find those conditions and aggressively do them, not just throw a stent in there. Right, not just jump to surgery immediately. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know what disease or opportunity you're missing. Well, let's come back and discuss this some more on the other side of the break. You are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. If you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, Please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. So, Dr. Collender, we're just talking over the break, as we often do, about how patients just fall through the cracks. You know, you've got, you know, stage one, your primary care physician that passes you on to cardiologist, that passes you on to maybe a cardiac surgeon. And people aren't really given options and they don't really understand where they ought to go. And that's why so many people out there think that getting stented is the answer and they've been saved. Well, you want to talk about misinformation. I mean, this is misinformation. And so to this guy and his doctors, he's not falling through the cracks. They did the wrong test and got lucky, found plaque, and now they're going to do the wrong thing. You know, oh, let's just do a CT arteriogram, which is a screen for surgeons, you know, stents and, and, or a surgery. Oh, we got someone who's at the very threshold of insurance covering a stent, and they're going to throw a stent in there. And to them, he didn't fall through the cracks because they found a heavy air parentheses at-risk lesion, and... They're going to put a stent in, not even, no one in that those rooms are recognizing that opportunities to identify other driving conditions that led to that plaque are being missed by telling that person, this patient who called, you're fine, we put a stent in it. Mm-hmm. That's, and this is a, this, we've talked about one of my patients forever as like the beginning of my journey where he go to his endocrine who you know is a1c 6.9 and they're happy and the cardiologist is happy and my labs are crap and i tell him something's wrong and i couldn't get through him because the other specialists keep telling me he's doing great mm-hmm. because the data points that they're following mean nothing mm-hmm. a1c in my mind means nothing your ldl means nothing so it's really hard to break through these messages we've been hearing our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, you and I can talk to her blue in the face, but we just, you know, it's hard to, for people to hear something so new and so beyond out of the, out of the norm that the doctors don't even get it. Well, the problem, unfortunately, is the public is so endure, you know, inured to the God complex that if one doctor tells them they should do this, they think they ought to follow it. And it's the system has such a low set of standard of expectation that even the FDA, with this vac, with the uh, evaluation of children, is lowering the standard of care so that an old out of use vaccine can be applied to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, how? What about? Does this need to be prescribed at all? We talked about that on the break. Kids don't die from COVID. That's for sure. I'm just wondering why they and, need a vaccine right. at age four anyway. A vaccine that doesn't work, that doesn't meet their, right. as Siobhan said, loose set of uh, standard to start with. Right. So now you're going to lower the standard of care. This is what we're dealing with this in the country. 
Oh, pharma's not happy. I won't tell my bar story, but go ahead. All right. Well, maybe we should take a break and take a We'll take a hiatus from that conversation. Okay. So we have Patty on the line in Milford. Patty, what's your question? Um, I have a long medical history. Two years ago, well, the end of 2019, I was having extreme pain, and I had a diagnosis earlier of IBS. But it wasn't that. It actually was diverticulitis. Um, And I went in, found a great surgeon, went in and had surgery January 23rd, 2020. Um, He did it laparoscopically and then found a huge abscess in a kink of my colon. That was the first time I almost died. I spent 87 days in the hospital after the diverticulitis surgery. They had me on an IV and then they started TPN nutrients IV, which is chocked full of sugar. I came out of the hospital as a diabetic. I strongly believe in preventative medicine. I had seven, almost eight years in working in hospitals in Evanston, Illinois, on on ecology, hematology floor, um, pharmacy tech, and a medical secretary on that same floor. So I strongly believed in preventative medicine. So Patty, how, this how is a I, Patty. This is a great this is a great story. But do you have a specific question for the doctor? Because we're kind of running down the clock right now. Do you have a specific question? Right. I got kidney disease because of Celebrex and Difluconin. Had my doctor told me to stop it, I would have. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten kidney disease from it. But now I'm diabetic and have kidney disease. What can I do? to prevent any other diagnoses that come hand in hand with both of those diagnoses. My doctor wants to put me on um, cholesterol medication because if you're diabetic, you automatically have to go on cholesterol medication, but I don't have a high cholesterol level. Never have. Dr. Dr. Collender, we're running out of time. Yeah. What should you tell well, her? What do you need I mean- to tell her? We, I don't know enough. Again, you told me a lot, but I still don't know enough about you to answer those questions. You know, you, I need to know if you have plaque and if any of these tests that you've had over all of these procedures identified vascular calcifications, then you have plaque and you should be on a stand irrespective of your cholesterol numbers. So that's number one. You probably had enough imaging. You don't need more. Number two is if you have diabetes, you don't metabolize sugar, which means you need to move as much as you can because movement draws sugar into your muscles without needing insulin, without needing insulin, and you need to not eat sugar. And I don't mean just sugar, but I mean any food that you might consider starchy. So that's, I mean, I would just start there. You need to be on a very restricted, high fiber, high vegetable diet, and that's also going to help heal your gut. We won't get into why because we're out of time. We've done shows on that. But you've got to heal your gut. That's going to also help lower your, improve your sugar and move as much as you can. And that's like the beginning. Um, 
give that a couple weeks, see how it goes, and call us in a month and see what your update is. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the problem is, as with a lot of our callers, is that they need to have uh, a good doctor. They need to be under the care of a, a person who's going to shepherd them through the process and not just have these incidents happen and not connect the dots. Well, it's easy to say prescribe a diabetic drug, and you should probably be on one, but you're going to need to be on the right one. And also, again, um, you know, lifestyle is the foundation of healthcare, and you need to be on the right diet for the things that are going on with you. So I don't have a problem with the statin. I don't care about your cholesterol. You need to know if you have plaque. And if you have vascular calcifications, that's, that's plaque, and you, probably, you can review all your imaging to, to look for it. Sounds like there are a lot of missing pieces to her diagnoses and she needs to get under the right care. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd like to quickly thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also in the importance of being proactive and engaging with the practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Thanks to my co-host, Siobhan Cronin, on tour at the moment, but happy that you piped in. Please continue to tune into our shows for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.